you're enjoying Racing World, it's brought to you by Perspective Group. It's your global motorsport podcast show brought to you in conjunction with Race Control Magazine. Well, it's the start of March and it means two things. One, Formula One starts this weekend. Two, IndyCar ain't that far away. It's Racing World for the beginning of March. Well, as we kick off this edition of Racing World, the Formula One teams are set to do battle in the desert in Bahrain once again. I went there a few years ago, or quite a few years ago now, when V8 Supercar went there, and it's an amazing circuit. Difficult place to get to, but it's an amazing circuit. What will we see in Formula One this year? More of Max? I kind of think we might be in for that, but I think there's some surprises coming from Mercedes. That new front-end suspension that they've kept very, very quiet about seems to be a little bit trick, as does the front wing. All perfectly legal, so let's see if they can develop that into something. And of course there's Ferrari as well that had strong pace over the long runs, maybe not so much in their shorter runs in the test sessions that they had, but the long run pace was good, and that's something that they kind of lacked a little bit last year. So it will be very interesting to see this first Grand Prix of the year. Is it a form guide? No, it's not, because Bahrain is quite unique as a circuit. And it's not till we get probably to as far as Melbourne that we're starting to see a little bit of true form. But anyway, Formula One is underway, and IndyCar is not that far behind it. IndyCar, like Formula One, conducted a two-day test rather than a three-day test like F1 did uh, at Sebring this week. Now, what do you read into tests? Not a lot, really. Sometimes it's new team members getting uh, in touch with new team members or new drivers or new combinations of things or movements within the team. What it does do at Sebring is it shows us a fairly rough track surface, which is very similar to what the teams will... Uh, ultimately meet at St. Pete for that opening round. So it'll be quite interesting to see how this grid juggles itself out. Remember, it's a 27-car full-time entry in IndyCar, and we're certainly looking at the 33 for the Indy 500 in May, and the current rumour has that we'll get to 36, so there'll be three guys that go home ultimately uh, in the month of May, but that's still... 70 odd days away yet so let's let's wait and see but I'm looking forward to St Pete it'll be a lot of things that'll transpire there uh, it's always good to get points on the board uh, at the beginning of the season and remember last year there was the multi-car pileup or several of them in the end so it uh, it bodes interesting times at St Pete people need to remember to be patient there's a championship season ahead and that applies to Indy next where we'll see Callum Hughes make his debut into the series and it looks like young Liam Skeets, the winner of the New Zealand Grand Prix, will make his debut in USF Pro. And I'm really, really excited about that. And well done, Liam. I look forward to seeing you there and hopefully catching up with you in a few weeks after that as well. So, moving to the test. No better place to start with than a very upbeat Alex Palau. Yeah, super excited. Uh, It's great to be back, uh, almost starting the season again. Uh, We had a very long off-season. Even if it's only one week, it feels uh, too long since we've been back to work and back at the track. So uh, we had an amazing year in 2023. Uh, We have a new partner, as you can see on the colors, which is great to have DHL on board. And hopefully we can bring uh, another championship to the team, uh, fight for every single race as we did uh, the past year, and just we're going to try and have some fun. Yeah, nowadays we don't get as many test days as we would like. Um, We would always want to have a lot of test days, but honestly it's super important when we are uh, only one week and a half out of St. Pete. Uh, we want to go through a lot of the engineering list that we've been thinking about uh, all of season. We won't have enough time, 
um, but uh, it's a way to get the rest of uh, the drivers, uh, just all the crew, all the team together and try and get some ideas for St. Pete. Well, Alex, looking splendid, you might say, in that new DHL yellow. It certainly is quite a nice paint job that they've delivered to the car and to the race suit as well. A little bit of a transitional move from how it was when it was once at Andretti Autosport. But Alex, very upbeat, and you'd have to say he could end up being the man to beat yet again. The other person, of course, as we're working our way through the list, is the defending Indy 500 champion, Joseph Newgarden. Back, of course, at Team Penske and very upbeat as well. It's great to be back. Um, just, you know, this is always like the first day of school. We said it last year and it's what it feels like, everyone coming back together. Uh, I feel excited, you know. Um, it's, it's a long off-season to think about things and, you know, try and prepare to be better. And there's a lot of areas I think we, we fell short last year, even though it was a tremendous season. You know, I think winning the Indy 500 was, was by far the highlight. It makes it a great year. But we want to have a more complete season in 2024, and, and so we're all very focused on that. Excited to be here with the, the two crew and ready to get going soon. Yeah, St. Pete for me is always, it's a place you want to get on the board. You know, you just want to put some points up there. It doesn't have to be a win situation, but, you know, I think showing up, having good performance, giving everybody confidence, you know, a top 10 is, is really nice to have a top five is even better of course we can get a win we're going to try and take it but I think just putting points on the board is really critical to start the year and um, you know getting that cadence going I mean it's there's so much ebb and flow to a season I mean it can it can change really quick as everybody knows in IndyCar so just trying to get that consistency started early is is really critical I don't think the cars are going to be crazy different but they're slightly lighter you know lap times will will probably reflect that just marginally. I mean, don't expect a huge jump, but you know, there's going to be a little bit of performance there. And then I think for everybody, we're preparing for sort of the season of two halves. You know, you're going to start the year in one form, and then it's about, you know, how do we adapt to the hybrid change? And I think that's front of mind for everybody. You know, we've got to be strong in the beginning of the season, and we've got to be strong through the adaptation with the hybrid system. And that's, you know, that's the challenge in, in motorsports. You're always getting thrown new obstacles, and that's going to be the big one this year. So excited to tackle that. I think we've got the opportunity to, to make the most of it. And um, it's going to be exciting. You know, things will change, and, and we'll see how everybody reacts. Now, it was Palau that topped the timesheets on the first day. Again, as I said, you can't read too much into this. You don't know. Obviously, it's very clear to see what type of tyre they're running, but we've got no idea of the fuel loads, wing settings, and other bits and pieces in the car and what the team's agendas were. But another one to watch, I think, this year, and he had his, his debut win last year at Long Beach, and that's Andretti Global's Kyle Kirkwood. Uh, yeah, it's super important. I mean, we, we sit a lot of the off-season not able to do much, so this is... Uh... A big warm-up. This is the first time that our car has been on track since uh, Laguna. So, I mean, really just working all the gremlins and uh, getting everyone up to speed, whether we have new engineers or new pit crew or, or what it might be. I mean, that's really what this test is about. Yeah. It's just getting the rust off and, and getting ready for St. Pete so we don't have any of these gremlins and we can roll out and practice at St. Pete and just go fast. I think for us at, at Andretti, uh, last year St. Pete didn't go very well. Uh, we were pretty much four cars out, essentially. I mean, I finished a few laps down in 15th, um, and I was the best finishing car for Andretti. And that shouldn't really be the case for us on street courses. So um, it kind of sets the mood for the year, and we want to start off on the right foot and, and kind of redeem ourselves from last year, because we were at one point running one, two, three, and we finished 15th, 22nd, 26th, and 20 whatever it was so <laughs> uh, so yeah we're, we're, we're ready for the season we're, we're ready to go and it, it's always good to be at this place because this is kind of the warm-up for everything 
So that was the end of the first day. There was not really a lot to read into that. Dixon midfield, Armstrong midfield, a lot of people there. There was some people that you'd expect to be at, at the, you know, towards the bottom were still there. We moved on to day two. And really, I think this was a very important statement here in the fact that Marcus Eriksson topped the timesheets with his new team, Andretti Global, and he looks very, very comfortable there. It's about a lot of learning processes, learning the people, learning the car. Everything is new, obviously. So. Today is a very important day. We don't get a lot of tests these days, so we need to maximize. But yeah, we just had a really good morning session, so that's positive. And we're feeling, you know, excited about going to St. Pete. The driver-engineer relationship in IndyCar is, is the most important one. And I've been very lucky to work with Brad the last four years. He's an incredible engineer and, you know, we had a lot of success together. But I'm also incredibly lucky to, to, to get Olivier here in, in Andretti. He's a really good engineer, really good guy, and we get along really well. So. That relationship, obviously, we're, we're working on that and understanding each other each day better and better. But so far, it's been, it's been great. Another one that looks comfortable, but he always tries to portray that, is Pato Award. And uh, he had a good run in the McLaren as well. Rossi was up there. And, of course, David Malukas not there at the moment due to the wrist injury he had from a mountain bike accident. So it's on the back foot right from the word go and his new move from uh, where he was to the McLaren team. So... Uh, not a good start for the, the season for Maluka, so hopefully he'll be ready to race in time for St. Pete. But uh, yeah, Pato, I never quite know what to read into him. He, he deserves a race win for sure. It's coming, uh, and I think that that will be the thing that then sets the avalanche off once he gets that first race win. But as always, very upbeat, Pato Award. Uh, two test days here in Sebring. Yesterday I was in, uh, in David's car. Um, we wish him a speedy recovery. So really just getting all the systems up and running, trying to get gremlins out if we've got any and, and truly just uh, prepare and arrive with the best package possible for, for St. Pete. Once we get going, it's, it's not a lot of track time, uh, so it's, it's crucial to arrive with the strongest package possible. And uh, today I'm back with my, with my five crew guys and gals and really looking forward to, uh, to getting this 2024 underway. Um, basically what you're looking for is just different types of patches, concrete, asphalt, bumpy, um, that's what you get in a, in a natural street course uh, with, with years that go by. Some surfaces get rougher, some of them you know, get redone, so you really don't know what to expect up until you get there, but you expect to get a little bit of everything. And then rounding out the drivers we got to uh, get these grabs from, courtesy of my friends at IndyCar Media, um, was Graham Rahal. Now this is a car that's been at the back of the field or near the back of the field for most of last season and here was Rahal on the second day of testing topping a top five position. What's it mean? Well Lungard was up there as well so I think it means that they may have something for the street type scenario. Uh, of course the ovals are a different ball game altogether but uh, you know it was a very upbeat Graham Rahal that we get to hear from. Yeah I mean the first and only I feel like test day for us of the year. Um, you know, I, I think everything's shaping up really well. I mean, we started the day, the car was pretty loose uh, in the first run, and, you know, I thought we made some good changes. Um, you know, we, we ran basically what, what our teammates ran yesterday. Of course, with my size, my weight, the, 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 the balance of the car is quite different just because of where the, the, the center of gravity is, but uh, uh, weight distribution. But having said that, um, you know, I thought we made really good gains this morning, um, really limit on tires, you know, three tires all day, so really just one, run one set this morning and we'll see how the fifth third bank car is this afternoon well this like right now like this moment in this time it's very thrilling because like we're almost there you know it's a long off season particularly for those of us who didn't do the hybrid testing and stuff it's been a long off season 
Uh, there's been a lot of question marks as to when we're going to run and what's going to happen. And so uh, to be able now uh, to, to get on track, knowing that St. Pete's only 10 days away or so, uh, it's pretty sweet. So we're looking forward to it. It's also nice to shake the cobwebs off this close to the season, too, in some regard, because you'll be fresh getting in the car next week and, and ready. So uh, I'm pumped. I mean, yeah, I've done a lot of years of this, but every year is something different. Every year throws different curveballs at you, uh, and I hope that this is our best year ever. So there you go, 27 cars will take to the green flag in just a few weeks' time at St. Pete, and it'll be very interesting to see the reactions of the drivers that we just heard from as to how they are come St. Pete. That is always the turning point. And of course, within the Rahal organisation, Sato will be back for the Indy 500. Here's a, a look at what his car looks like, and I think it looks pretty smart, actually. There's some very nice paint schemes going around, and uh, in the... Uh, the oval specification, the cars just look simply amazing. And just speaking of that, it was interesting this week that uh, the Ed Carpenter Racing Team uh, revealed one of their paint schemes for one of their cars, very, very similar to what is now being chosen as a, a favourite colour scheme in F1, and it's of Saba, this one obviously of Ed Carpenter Racing, but the black and green certainly seems to work quite well. Speaking of names of the past, of course, there's two uh, that are no longer necessarily racing in the IndyCar series, and that is Juan Pablo Montoya and Tony Kanaan. Both will be inducted into the IMS Hall of Fame uh, in the coming weeks, and that's a, a, a big move in recognition probably for what they've done at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and to the sport overall. So great to see those two acknowledged. Uh, TK obviously now with a role at McLaren as a a driver, mentor, coach, uh, and Montoya very close to what his son is doing in racing as well. So we'll probably see more Montoyas, or the name Montoya, in the future, maybe even at the Indy 500. And then there was one other thing that crossed my desk this week, and that was the debut or the announcement of the Dan Weldon movie, which is coming out very soon in the States, and hopefully we'll see it uh, in a global form where you'll be able to see it on, on whatever platforms are available. Uh, I knew Dan very well uh, for many years when he was a teammate of Scott Dixon and even when he was at Andretti Green as it was then. Uh, Likeable guy, always very funny, uh, very tongue-in-cheek, loved to wind us up because he felt that we supported Dixon rather than him. Uh, just, just a great all-round guy. Saw him for his second or both his Indy 500 wins and, and obviously the second one I was there for as well. Had a great relationship with him. Uh, I really miss the guy and it was a, such a tragic accident that took his life but it'd be very interesting to see uh, this movie when it comes out. I think it's very fitting and his young sons are doing the job right now so great to see that that's on the horizon and it'll be very good. One other piece of news just before we go relating back to Formula One. Uh, obviously by the time this comes out we'll, we'll know a bit of the form guide for uh, the season ahead, as I said, not really a, a true season form guide, but the interesting thing is that things are not completely clear in Vegas right now. The contract was never fully signed with the Clark County, which manages the area of the Strip, as opposed to the, the Tourist Commission that helped put the Grand Prix deal together, so I think there's more spice in that, and uh, Clark County is saying that they're only in for three years, and the Las Vegas Tourism Board saying it's a 10-year deal with Liberty Media, so again, watch that space. It's certainly one that's going to have much more transpire to it. And the city of Vegas far more enjoyed having Super Bowl in their town than they did F1. But there you go, that's just the price they pay. But anyway, that's a little bit of a quick snippet around IndyCar as the countdown continues and more next week relating to Formula 1 and, of course, the countdown to that first race in St. Pete. Thanks very much for watching Racing World again. Don't forget to share, like and subscribe, and we'll catch up with you again soon.